Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast podcast for your regularly scheduled episode of stat nerd thursday that means i'm matt Harmon, and i'm joined well not every week but you know i'm joined on these stat nerd thursdays by my favorite fellow stat nerd dalton del don dalton um number one it was great to hear actually uh, i got a couple tweets last week uh, i forget the folks who um who sent it to me because you know i've i have a hole in my brain basically from this football season but um a couple of folks like oh so i mean you moved the dfs podcast up but what about stat nerd thursday it's actually kind of nice dalton to you know i i assume you anyone that's doing a podcast you you assume people are listening you, you hope people are listening but it's nice when people actually confirm that they're listening and that they're missing the content people are, are demanding us to be back here uh for playoff uh the first week of playoffs buddy yeah, I missed you last week. Glad to hear that, first of all. I appreciate that for the listeners saying that. But um, I enjoyed listening to you and TJ do the special pod. As always, I listen to you every week. But um, last week, that was a cool Yahoo event. Props out yes. to Stewie. Stewie uh, finishing second in the event. Uh, pretty cool. The Yahoo DFS uh, live event. They're hopefully going to make that a yearly thing. And uh, yeah, so very glad to be back doing our usual stat nerd talk now, though. So get out the pocket protectors, as uh, P&L said yesterday. <laughs> I love it. Get out the pocket protectors. Uh, but before we do all that, I do have to uh, tell you all something here. Christmas season is upon us and Yahoo is going big for the holidays. Yahoo Daily Fantasy will be hosting a 12 days of winning celebration as there will be special holiday contests and offerings leading up to Christmas weekend as a gift to all of our users from big contest overlays, everyone wins contests, free rolls and holiday theme contests. The 12 days of winning will be filled with special contests all holiday season long. Check out our lobby starting today and join in on the holiday fun. Dalton, I, I can't wait for um, I'm a little miffed at I don't know who to be pissed at about this. Usually I, I can direct my anger to somebody, but I guess in this case, I can't direct my irritation at the fact that there's a full Sunday game full Sunday slate after freaking Christmas. Uh, that's going to be uh, a problem for me because uh, I guess still got to do the last episode of FFL that morning. Although it's like a holiday, th- you know, like a who's going to be the number one pick. I guess I could be a little um, less than 100%. Uh, let's put it that way uh, for that show. But uh, <laughs> p- p- my point is here, um, I-, I am excited for these Christmas games. I'm excited for the Saturday games are starting this week. Uh, I mean, I, that That's got me pretty jacked up. Oh, yeah. More football. Agreed. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm, I'm ready for these Saturday games. Uh, it's too bad this original this first one 
Cleveland's already had the COVID outbreak and, um, you know, it's just, I don't know what we can, we can say about that, but it's just, uh, that, that sucks. But otherwise, yeah, more football, bring it on. I'm, I'm fired up too. I think it's, they even announced it too, just recently that they're doing it the final week too. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be Saturdays from here on out. Yes. Uh, that will be fun for us. Probably not so, uh, fun for our significant others, especially, uh, (laughs) Dalton, your, your survivor contest is still like alive and well, um, yeah, a whole extra day of uh, sweating for you, maybe. Yeah, so everyone survived last week. Uh, one of 23 people left in the $6 million Circa Survivor pool. And um, there's they added, they made the Christmas, uh, that Thursday game, Niners-Titans, and then the two games Saturday, its own slate. So if I'm lucky enough to get past this weekend, which don't, obviously, I mean, anything, I mean, there were so many uh, non-upsets last week. Expect carnage this week, right? Um, yeah. so if you're lucky to do, then, then you're left with just a three game week. I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult to get, to get through that. But, um, uh, I got to say, I'll be, it'll be more relief when that's over anyway, because right now it's just unbearable. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's really bad. It's bad. But. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine how you feel at any given moment. Um, all right, but you mentioned it, the COVID situation. I, I don't know what we can really say about this, but just to update, this comes in from field Yates, the Washington football team and Browns are uh, now up to 18 players on uh, each 18 players, each on the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, the Rams have 16 players on the reserve COVID-19 list. These are, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I basically like said to people on Twitter, like GFL, you know, on the, on, on your championship, like push here, because I think this is going to be, this is going to be pretty rough. Uh, There's a lot of talk that the NFL might change some of these policies up, including like pushing up the return to play timeline for vaccinated players, Um, you know, maybe going into more and like a lot of these teams are already in enhanced protocols. um, But I don't know, Dalton, any like, any thoughts about this or any way that people can like possibly make this easier on themselves as they go into the fantasy playoffs? Or are we just going to kind of have to literally roll with the punches? Not no really takeaways here. Uh, I I guess I feel naive that I didn't see this coming. I guess with the seasonal changes based on last year, I should have, but um, yeah, it does seem to me the NFL will make some changes. I have no idea how soon they will. um, But either way this, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for everyone involved and I don't have a takeaway at all other than just, you have to constantly, uh, keep your eyes on the news, but there's going to be there's going to be some crazy things happen. People locked in a survivor pool, or 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 after the fa- uh, you know just just some late minute big game quarterbacks going to going to not you know be inactive. It feels like something's going to happen here, but um yeah, I, I do not have a takeaway other than this sucks. Yeah, it sucks, and you're just going to have to be like extra prepared uh, as always. One thing that we uh, have to talk about that's not COVID related: DeAndre Hopkins looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. That's what Adam Schefter had to say. I know there's some other speculation that it's just going to be this, that, or the other. You know, not many games left here. Obviously, uh, he's going to miss the rest of the season with a sprained knee. Uh, how does this change things for the Cardinals' offense? Obviously, it's never good news when you don't have a player like DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I know he was playing banged up anyway, but it appeared to me that he suffered that uh, the final blow to an injury um, after the Rams could have sealed the deal with that interception. Connor and Hopkins got hurt on those drives that almost didn't even happen. And yeah, Hopkins yeah. now the, the worst news out for the regular season can be dropped in fantasy leagues, bump up A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, even Rondell Moore, and especially with James Connor banged up and Chase Edmonds having not played for more than a month. So A.J. Green and Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, yes, it's a short week, but indoors uh, with Murray healthy and a get right matchup with Detroit. I like all those, all three of them in fantasy this week. Yeah, it should be. Um, 
I, it should be great. I think De- uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins' absence will most positively affect AJ Green. Would be my would be my guess. You know, as the one perimeter wide receiver, uh, that actually I think is a really good is really good for him. It would be would be my um, estimation there. You know, he's a guy that has been extremely. Um, you know he's been he's been a huge value this year, and he's going to probably end up winning people w- winning people championships uh, in this run here. Obviously, Kyler Murray didn't play as well against the L.A. Rams as we probably would have hoped. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, I'm pretty interested to to see how this offense operates without Hopkins. And for what it's worth, Jerry Jacobs was Detroit's highest graded cover corner. I think he's undrafted, but he was their best cover corner, and he was just placed on IR as well. So yeah, I mean the Detroit is just really the walking wounded there. So Arizona. Assuming they're, uh, you know, I think Kyler came out of that Monday game healthy. So I, I like these guys, AJ Green and Kirk. And, and, and like I said, this is a total get right uh, matchup. Any thoughts on Edmonds if like we get him without James Conner? Because I think the thing with Edmonds is um, for the for the listeners, uh, Dalton is enthusiastically shaking his head uh, over there. The interesting thing about this, and this is like I remember talking about this with you early in the season that like. I feel much more confident in James Conner doing what Chase Edmonds does if and when one of them was to get hurt. And we've seen that work out beautifully, right? Like James Conner has a history as a three down back. He's looked incredibly, I think he's looked awesome this year, just in general. Um, And he's been doing that passing game stuff. Now, Chase Edmonds, though, pretty different build. You know, we know he can be the pass catching guy, but he's never been relied on in like goal to go situations. I'm not going to be. You know, like I was willing to bump James Conner into like the top 10 running backs, you know, as soon as old uh, Chase Edmonds went down. I don't know that I'm going to be that confident to do the same with Chase Edmonds if we get him without James Conner, although the matchup this week would be great. Conner's been so good. I think they said the stat he leads the league in one handed catches and he's been such a beast with the touchdowns. Uh, No way am I ranking Edmonds as high, uh, especially coming off. The injury, but if Connor's out, uh, you still got to rank Edmonds as a top twenty-ish fantasy back in this matchup. Detroit is actually not horrible at stopping the run, but they've allowed the third most fantasy points to to opposing backs because of usually unfavorable game scripts. And this week, I actually think the, the line's a little long, but the Cardinals are favored by thirteen points. So if there's no Connor, you're starting Edmonds if he's active, in my opinion. Yeah, you're definitely starting him uh, again. I think it's just with a little bit. Uh, less expectations but you know again still probably near that rb1 type of conversation um all right let's move on to uh, some of the stats for this week dalton first up uh obviously the folks who played detroit last week were the denver broncos and you know it immediately became like melvin gordon or javante williams we know they're both gonna be well you play both of them because denver ranks 31st in neutral pass rates since week 11 uh the only team that's lower than them is the new england patriots who went a whole game playing three or throwing three passes so um pretty big pretty big difference there uh i think we've landed in actually a pretty good spot with these two denver backs that everybody kind of wants like javante williams to quote be freed um whatever but now denver is just running the ball so much and they're running the ball so effectively because Melvin Gordon has been good all year. Javante Williams, we know, has serious juice that I feel like down the stretch, you're probably in a situation where you could play both of these guys. 
So there was a, a moment there early on, like early second quarter, where the sideline reporter said, Melvin Gordon is questionable with the hand injury. And they were up 14 oh, up, And it looked like Williams, Javante Williams was just going to really smash. And then Gordon immediately came back in and he ended up smashing. So, so I, I paid close attention to that game because I did have Denver in the aforementioned survivor. And man, Teddy Bridgewater, um, I, I worry if they fall behind that team. I, I actually really like the Bengals this week. I like the setup. They defend the run really well. They're top 10 in DVOA. And uh, Denver does want to run the ball. I feel like they're going to get behind. And, and Teddy B, it's not, it's, it's not ideal. Um, I think those big receivers on the outside in Cincinnati will be fine against this, this, uh, the cover two on Denver. And I actually like, I like the Bengals to bounce back in this matchup. Therefore, Denver, the running game is not going to be quite as favorable to the game script. But you're still starting both with the production they've been doing. Yeah, it's just tough Like when you're trying to rank them against other guys. Like, for example, I have a playoff team where, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've got like Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, um, but then also, you know, AJ Dillon. Uh, you know, I picked up Alexander Madison off waivers. Uh, and, and I have Melvin Gordon on this team too, because he got dropped. Like, just ran. I don't even know how that even happened, dropping Melvin Gordon. But it's like, I'm kind of tempted to play him over some of these guys, but I don't know. I don't know like where to, he he's a tough guy to rank cuz like you said this is not as juicy as a matchup as it was last week. Yeah. The Raiders matchup in week 16 and obviously the Chargers matchup to end the fantasy season those will be great matchups for Gordon. This week is just a little tougher. Yeah, I got to say I love Javante Williams and if Gordon leaves and they upgrade the quarterback situation, I mean I could be talked into taking him top 3 overall next year. But I got to say looking at his ECR on fantasy pros he's the 16th back this week. I mean, last week he got 49% snap share, nine fewer carries than Melvin Gordon, who's the starter, a 38% carry share and two targets for Javante Williams. And now he faces a tough run D and he's ranked 16th. Like that's it's a little aggressive to me. He's more of a of a 25 or to 30 range for me, both those guys this week in a tougher matchup. But maybe I'm off. And either way, we're just, you know, nitpicking here. You're gonna start him. I mean, but but to me, to me, borderline top 15 back in this matchup and in the lesser half of a timeshare, that's pretty aggressive, no matter how many tackles uh, Javante Williams breaks and believe me there are a lot of them <laughs> it's an awful lot of them he's definitely up there but yeah I do feel like you can comfortably start both of these backs and not really worry about the carry split um again like I've just got some options that I think I might again nobody cares about my teams but like th- this is just one of those situations where I'm usually comfortable starting Melvin Gordon but am I start comfortable starting him over you know David Montgomery against the the Vikings or um you know Antonio Gibson who who last week it just went bad for him but i think it's it's probably in a good position to bounce back here so these are just the kind of questions you have to ask yourself but yeah i do think that both these guys are in i'm starting the other guys is my answer i'm starting montgomery gibson i'm starting that personally but i'll probably be wrong all right good well i appreciate your help there (laughs) (laughs) i got a lot of time to think about it um all right next one i want to bring up odo beckham and van jefferson are the only wide receivers with three touchdowns since week 12 dalton beckham is like Beckham's kind of back, bro. Uh, He looks fantastic. I think he looked good. You know, listen, this was like such a big, I don't know, hot take fueled discussion uh, when he was with the Browns, but he was getting open like he's getting open with the Rams with the Browns. You know, he's just got a very different style of quarterback and we'll leave it at that. I I think Beckham looks fantastic. Uh, Where would you rank Odell Beckham? Like, I mean, rest of season rankings, who really cares at this point? It's like you're starting who you're starting. But I mean, he's like a set it and forget it start to me, I think, at this point. I think him and Jefferson both are. Um, I mean, Beckham, at first I heard about McVay, how they kind of telling uh, telling Stafford to force it for one of the early touchdowns. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, you know, trying to appease Beckham more than caring about winning. But it looks to me like 
Beckham is back. Yeah, you know, he, he looks like a nice fit. He looks awesome. Um, the Yeah, uh, so the problem is I believe he's on the COVID list this week. So bump yes. up Van Jefferson for sure. Um, but when when all three are healthy, I agree with you. They're, they're top 30 fantasy receivers uh, in that offense, especially, you know, with no Henderson. I do like Sony Michelle as well, but it's such a concentrated target share, a tree there. You know, Higby wasn't even playing. Um, so yeah, I, I did not see Beckham suddenly becoming this viable of an option. But uh, yeah, he, he looks fantastic. Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens to end the season for the Rams. I mean, those are great secondary matchups. So obviously, we know the Seahawks defense is not very good. The Vikings secondary has been, you know, they got Patrick Peterson and like all that. That's been good at times. But like, you know, it's still kind of a mess back there. The defense, I don't think is that good. Um, also would be a high scoring game. Like the Vikings have tended to bring, we talk about this a lot on the daily fantasy podcast with uh, TJ. They tend to boost up the uh, team total of the opponent because like these guys can put up points at this point, like the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And obviously the Ravens are in like, I don't know. They're in a tough spot. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens are in a tough spot and their secondary has been banged up all year uh, and continues to get more and more banged up. Van Jefferson's interesting because Beckham is almost a complete perimeter receiver. I think he's over 80% of his snaps are lined up out wide. But then you look at um, Van Jefferson. He was more that like perimeter X receiver, but he's kind of moved into that like Robert Woods ish role where he's at about 53% of his snaps from the slot in the same time period since week 12. He only three targets last week, but saw some nice air yards, an end zone target, uh, made the long play. And he, he'd, he had been productive before last week. And now if Beckham has to miss a week, then for sure, uh, bump Jefferson up. I will say I love Sony Michelle in this matchup. His ECR is running back 19. I definitely rank him ahead of Javante Williams. Seahawks have allowed second most fantasy points to, to opposing backs. They're favored by four and a half. And, and I think he's the guy even when Daryl Henderson returns. Um, yeah. I, I think it's Michelle's backfield now in the Rams. They just like the way uh, the offense moves with him back there. That was going to be my next uh, point here is Sonny Michelle is second in rushing yards the last two weeks, but scored just one touchdown. The only one who's ahead of him is Dalvin Cook, and that's in one one game, I think. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Dalvin Cook, eh, awesome, obviously. Sonny Michelle, man, I, I agree with you. I think if you ask me straight up, like rest of season, I think I'd rather have Sonny Michelle. And like he does just bring that like punching rhythm runner to him that Daryl Henderson is more like frenetic and more of like a boom bust variance runner, which I think is great at times. But you know, when you've got like Matthew Stafford playing at the height of his powers, like he did against the Cardinals, I mean, he was awesome against the Cardinals. Like he had some freak out worthy throws and you know, you're able to hit vertical plays, you know, whenever you want them. I feel like having Sony Michelle back there as like, okay, now let's just, let's sit on this thing and gain like four or five yards at a time instead of like two yards, zero yards, two yards, 25 yard run something with Daryl Henderson. It's much more conducive to the offense. So I agree with you. I mean, I think if you have Sony Michelle, you have to start him this week on the hope that they keep him. Like if Daryl Henderson comes back, we assume he's probably going to come back. Um, I think you have to start Sony Michelle, but then like the whole, the whole Daryl Henderson thing is a little more tougher. Like, I don't think you can really start that guy at this point. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm benching Henderson. I'm rolling with Michelle. Don't forget, Michelle did lead the NFL in yards per touch last year. I know it was a small sample and his knee could go at any minute, but um, he, he was he was an OK receiver back in college. It's just New England didn't use him there. I think he could even catch some dump off. So I don't know. I think Michelle and especially in this matchup this week, I really, really like him. I, I, the touchdowns. Yeah, they'll, they'll come. I mean, they come in bunches in this backfield. Todd Gurley scored, you know, led the NFL in touchdowns over three years. And he was playing on one leg for half of those in this system. And that was with Goff at QB. So, yeah, I mean, I really like feature back in the Rams over the fantasy playoffs. I think people are kind of sleeping on Sonny Michelle as being he could be one of those quote unquote league winners. 
I definitely think so. And it's just it's just tough to know because it's kind of a guess, like in terms of who the who the lead back is going to be. I feel I feel like they're they're in a good spot with Sony Michelle. And I feel like there's just like I said, much more steady potential with Michelle back there. But obviously, that's a little bit of a little bit of a guess uh, there at this point. So um, we shall see uh, on that one. Wanted to talk about some catch leaders since week 12. Uh, and there's a couple players I want to hit on here. Number one leads the NFL and catches the last three weeks. Hunter Renfro with 30. Good God. Total cheat code in PPR without Darren Waller. I mean, he is just underneath, underneath. He's their entire offense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's getting, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's for real too. I mean, he is their offense. This is not changing moving forward, uh, especially if Darren Waller remains out. Yeah, Hunter Renfro leads the NFL, 30 catches. Chris Godwin, 29 catches. Cooper Cup, obviously 28 catches. Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson all uh, come in uh, right here at 22 catches. Um, Obviously, like you mentioned, Hunter Renfro is like a set it and forget it starter at this point, probably going to end up being like one of the biggest values in fantasy, like in like best ball drafts, he was barely a drafted guy. And then in like season long leagues probably wasn't drafted. And I mean, things obviously broke right for him with the whole um, Darren Waller injury, Henry Ruggs, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know, man, every time I, I look at Hunter Renfro's like stat line, or I see him playing for the Raiders, I'm like, why the hell were these guys like, why were they not playing Hunter Renfro earlier? Why was he not a featured part of the offense, you know, last year even? Because he's been this, he's looks great this year, but he was really good as a rookie. And then they just never gave him like a full-time promotion. I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's going to be a tough one to to kind of rank next year because it could be sort of like the Cole Beasley factor, right? Like Cole Beasley uh, ends up, things break right for him uh, with John Brown getting injured with the Bills. He ends up getting a ton of volume you know, ends up having like a top 24, just not even like just regular old uh, season. And then they obviously make some additions to the receiver core and he's back in that slot only role. And and now we're a little bit banged with Cole Beasley. If you drafted him aggressively, which nobody did because he was like out there doing the whole, you know, um, vaccination stuff and people pushed him down the boards because of that. But like, obviously uh, Hunter Renfro is probably not going to, that's not going to happen to him. He will be an interesting one to rank going forward and for dynasty. But I kind of feel like he's just a really good underrated player. Yeah, his yards per route run were really good as a rookie. They remain really good this year, too. It's not just volume, although the volume has certainly been there. Um, He wasn't even playing. uh, I believe he was only coming on the field in three wide receiver sets until like three weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see him being a full-time player now. And, yes, it it, it totally depends on what happens when – with Las Vegas receivers and maybe even the quarterback there during the offseason. But I'm in as far as him being uh, uh, a legit player. I mean, it's funny you see the tweets, you know, comparing his stats versus DK Metcalf's over the past two months oh and just God. how different they look. But um, it's uh, it, it's Renfro. I, I really do think that at PPR, he is going to be, he's locked in a top 10 option down the rest of the season, over the rest of the season. I think so too. And yeah, I, I would be interested to see like what his dynasty rankings are because I bet I would. I'd probably think he's underrated there. Obviously, we know Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, those guys are stars, but I feel like we kind of need to have this, a similar discounted conversation to what we just had with Hunter Renfro to Amon Ross St. Brown, who has been the clear-cut top receiver on this team since they came off their bye week, and that has held up even when they um, added Josh Reynolds, who, like, Josh Reynolds is an NFL receiver. You know, like, he he's just a he's a fine starter. He's not special, but like, he's fine. You're not embarrassing yourself. Like you're embarrassing yourself with some of these lions receivers at different parts of the year. Um, Josh Reynolds is a good player, but St. Brown, 
you know, they've kind of moved him from a slot only guy to a player who's running routes into into receiver sets, you know, as as playing more of that flanker slash slot position, which has been huge. Um, obviously, eight catches last week, got a decent bit of work against the Vikings and scored that touchdown. But yeah, like I said, since he's come off the bye week, he's been their number one receiver in routes, run targets, etc. I kind of feel like if you're desperate at wide receiver, he's a guy you might want to consider starting. Yeah, I'll rank him as in the flex range. You would ideally want to aim higher in the fantasy playoffs, but St. Brown is clearly the yeah. number one receiver. I mean, 12 targets each of the last two weeks. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not just saying that if you, it's not the worst option. And with no, it looks like TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are going to miss another game. Possibly that was the latest report. So yeah, I'm just saying that maybe the fantasy upside isn't super high, but, but man, the targets have been there. I'm, I'm going to rank him as in, inside my like top 35. He'll be a wide receiver three this week for me. Yeah, I mean, they get the Cardinals this week. You know, you would think like some nice little dump off passes to Amon Ross St. Browns so are getting pressured. Then they get the Falcons and the Seahawks to end the season to the Detroit Lions. And it's not like obviously Jared Goff is the most bankable quarterback in the entire world. But those are pretty good matchups where you might like want to kick up the expectations for this offense. And who knows? They, they're kind of talking about DeAndre Swift might come back. Maybe that takes some uh, targets away from St. Brown. But I don't know. I, I think especially week 16, week 17, you probably want to get him on your roster maybe for those weeks. And I don't know, Dalton. I think also you kind of want to have some complementary pieces on your team. Like if you have some volatile wide receivers, why not get a guy who could have like, you know, a seven catch floor in St. Brown? And what about Detroit's backfield last week? Everyone's asking, do you go with Godwin? Is it um, Jamar Jefferson? And then Craig Reynolds comes out there who... Uh, literally, he went to Cutstown U. Is it's literally where he went to to uh, to college. But he was actually making nice cuts out there. But yeah, I didn't either. I, uh, but uh, apparently, it exists. But Craig Reynolds, that was quite. The, I don't know what's going to happen there in that backfield if Swift misses this. But it might just be a whole another fifteen targets for St. Brown. Yeah, uh, Jamal Williams can come back off the COVID list, so keep that in mind. But yeah, Craig Reynolds, man. I mean, uh, I think Jamar Jefferson was one of those guys who. Ha- didn't have he was on he wasn't on the COVID list, but he had the flu. You remember Detroit had all those outbreaks, and then um, I think Dan Campbell said after the game because it was like Adam Schefter said on ESPN, like, "Oh yeah, I'm starting Craig Reynolds or whatever." Which part of me was like, "Adam, bro, you're in, you're down pretty bad. You got to start this rando on the Lions." But then also at the same time, it's like he obviously knew something there. And then Dan Campbell said after the game, like, "Oh yeah, uh, Craig Reynolds was the starter because he was the only guy at practice." Yeah, I missed that Schefter tweet. I would have bumped him up the rankings or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't Who see could that till. Yeah, but um, anyway, whatever. It's a, it's a not an ideal situation. Although Arizona, um, Arizona is more beatable on the ground than Can't New York gets to run. run. Yeah, yeah so. they're thirty second. At least they were going to last week. I looked at it again, but they were thirty second in explosive run rate allowed. So if you're like desperate, that's another guy that uh, again you shouldn't be that down this bad if you're in the fantasy playoffs. But like if you're desperate, I guess you could you could play Craig Reynolds if you play in a deep league. Um, another guy who I think actually could help people in the fantasy playoffs and. I talked, you know, about like Amon Ross St. Brown as like a good floor guy. Maybe if you have a bunch of good floor guys in your lineup, you want to sprinkle some ceiling in there. Gabe Davis, season high, 83% of the snaps last week. Um, I feel like he hasn't even before, like take last week aside, a couple weeks going before into it. Like he hadn't started to see that boost in playing time, but it felt like when he was on the field, and I believe the stats bag this up in terms of like target per route run and stuff, he had been getting when he was on the field, they've been looking for him. You know, I think he saw eight targets last week. So I don't know. I have not, I'm not like the biggest Gabe Davis fan in the entire world. There's a lot of like weird Gabe Davis fanboys, but 
Emmanuel Sanders is hurt. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is also like just not really given them much of late. And it's so clear, Dalton, that the Bills passing game needs something. And I kind of think Gabe Davis could be the answer. Yeah, I saw some advanced stats to suggest he may not be like a star in his own right or ever struggles, you know, to to, to beat one on one situations. But still, you gotta love this. The I'll back. He's... I'll back that up. I'll, I'll okay. back that up. Okay. Yeah. But but you do love the situation he's stepping into. This team that yeah. throws the ball a ton, Buffalo, and now it's Allen when dealing with this foot injury. You figure he's not going to run it much. So assuming Allen's good enough to play, but be limited running, they can't run against anyone. I know Carolina is more beatable against the run, but the uh, Buffalo went a whole half last week without uh, one handoff, which is crazy. I know the matchups. Oh better God. this week but with Sanders out I'm still not convinced Beasley's 100% over that rib injury um I, I yeah I, I what if Gilmore's on digs this could easily result in a lot of targets for Gabe Davis who uh is $12 in our DFS game I wrote him up in my column I yeah I think he's definitely interesting this week yeah I think uh he will definitely be uh discussed on our daily fantasy show that'll come out on Saturday I, I don't again I have said this before all season that like the Bills could well, number one, they were right to hedge their bets on Gabe Davis, like not being ready to be a full-time, you know, starting outside receiver, which is why they go get Emmanuel Sanders. And Emmanuel Sanders made that move look pretty good for what, like two months or something, which is what that, hey, that's what you'd expect from an old guy, right? Like you're going to start to slow down as the season gets, uh, gets longer, you know, you're going to stack up some injuries here and there. I always thought it was weird though, that like they were using Sanders as their vertical threat. But like if but Gabe Davis is not I mean, again, he's not like a budding superstar, I would I would imagine, but he can move, you know, he can he can burn downfield. Uh, I feel like Gabe Davis will have some really, really excellent weeks. And if the Bills make it in the playoffs, which I still think the Bills will probably make it in the playoffs, he's going to matter, I think, in like playoff daily fantasy, too. Yep, I hope Josh Allen's healthy. Uh, I saw some photos of him out at an opera or something, supposedly walking yes. without a lip yeah, or I something. Heard, I I mean, someone's doing the, someone out there is doing God's work with uh, that investigation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think so hopefully Josh Allen's good to go because obviously that would be a, a bummer if you have to go to uh, to your guy Trubisky. <sighs> your guy? <laughs> I don't know why I threw that in there. I just, I <laughs> yeah, I mean whoever whoever's out there uh, following Josh Allen around on the. Uh, on the opera scene uh <laughs> shout out to you as long as you're not calling like police hey, departments hey, here from fireball right. california to opera man josh allen well, come what a long a, way my friend <laughs> he's a real um he's like tom from succession yeah. uh, yes. oh yeah. well good what a finale <laughs> oh, oh no spoilers but no man spoilers, that really but... what a way to finish great great stuff catch that if you haven't yeah he's on the come up just like tom hopefully it uh hopefully it works out for josh allen anyways all right, let's talk uh, Rashad Penny here. Uh, Rashad Penny, I, I, I'm sure other folks have talked about him on this podcast. I don't care. Um, it's a fantasy podcast. I feel like on a fantasy podcast, you got to talk about the, the Rashad Penny this week. And I'm curious what you think about this, Dalton. Rashad Penny, second in breakaway yards, uh, 79 last week behind only Dalvin Cook. Um, oh, my God, Dalvin Cook, what a what a freak show. Da- uh, Rashad Penny, though, we play the Texans, okay, and, like, Someone pointed out to me on Twitter that like we've kind of seen this with Rashad Penny before, like he'll pop up for a monster game and then he'll go away. But like, look, we're only asking him to be good for like three more weeks. Where are you at with Rashad Penny, who, by the way, really nice schedule down the stretch for the Seahawks? Like and I think actually that's kind of and I'll come back to that point in a little bit. He gets the Rams this week, but then the Bears and the Lions in week 16 and 17. Jack Tribby tweeted, he's had four games where he's seen 12 touches in his career. 
He's averaged more than 120 yards from scrimmage, 1.5 touchdowns, more than 22 fantasy points. Uh, but there's a reason that this 16 carries was his career high because he's so, so injury prone. So um, I think it'd be just fitting to be the guy to be the fantasy difference maker in, your, in the playoffs for three-week stretch. I mean, that'd be just about right for Rashad Penny. But, you know, they uh, maybe he was he might have been clearly drafted too high, obviously. Yeah. But he, he was drafted for a reason, and that's because he has, you know, skills in which he can explode if he could ever stay healthy for a given period of time. So uh, given the fact that even um, Carroll's come out and basically anointed him, the team's feature back, um, with Russell, maybe even most importantly of all, Russell Wilson kind of looked back last week. Um, Houston's secondary is pretty good. I watched that game, um, and, and Seattle, I was wrong. Like I, was on, I was on Houston in the points last week, and, and Russell Wilson was moving around, throwing the ball downfield. Metcalf could have had a big game. Um, I think that oh, offense yeah. is back, and I think that's going to benefit the feature back, and that's Rashad Penny. He'll probably get hurt. Literally, about a month ago, he took the first carry of the game, like a shot out of a cannon, 17-yard gain, and <laughs> limped to the sideline with a hamstring injury. So, I mean, he could literally, he's a, probably the most at risk of leaving mid-game, but legitimately top 10 fantasy uh, running back upside in a given week in his new situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with you with Russ looking good there. It's That's a crucial factor. Sidebar, would you rather have Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf the rest of the season? Oh, rest of season's a good one because I'm all in on DK this week. It's his time. It's due. I, I know you had to tell you the anecdotal. I said due, that last week. But I, I said that last well, he was, week. I said it he last had week. one push off. He was close <laughs> to know, scoring know, three yeah, touchdowns. And again, you look at the air. I, I think Lockett is really... Uh, really been the guy that I, Lock, it's safer to say Lockett at this point rest of season love love Metcalf this week um, although he might see a lot of Ramsey um, but um, at this well, point honestly who knows the, the, yeah right the safer answer though if you're gonna ask me the rest of season uh, is Tyler Lockett yeah I mean you know I always gotta side with Tyler Lockett that's that's one of my guys but uh, yeah no I mean on the on the Rashad Penny thing I think you got to take a shot on it, right? And, and I mean, if he's on waivers, he should have been added everywhere this week. Like, you should empty the clip for him. You should drop, like, your goofball wide receiver four or five that you don't ever start or whatever. You should just go ahead and try to add Rashad Bain. And I think the beautiful part of this, Dalton, is that, like, his least appealing matchup is this one this week where right. against the Rams. So you can almost use this as, like, an investigation week. Like, let me see it one more time before like I bring out the fireworks for the bears and bring the fireworks out for the lions, because like those matchups, the bears run defense is not good. They've got a lot of injuries. We know all that they've had issues all season, but like then you bring the fireworks out for Rashad Penny. Then and you kind of use this as like an investigative week and maybe start some more, your more secure guys ahead of him. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense too. Um, yeah, he's, like I said, he is definitely a risk, uh, any game to leave, but, um, but yeah, if it's a feature back there and in really good matchups, it's funny, but he could absolutely be a guy you're looking forward to starting in weeks, uh, what is it, uh, 16 and 17. So confusing now with, uh, with the added game to figure out uh, you know, when these fantasy playoffs yeah. are. I feel like I've just finally adapted to it. Um, <laughs> nice. Just now, like just in the last week, probably because I look at week 18 and I'm like, I can't wait to not think about you. Um, but that's another discussion. Uh, <laughs> The funny, how it's gonna be great when Rashad Penny gets like somebody pointed this out to me too on Twitter. Like it's gonna be great when Rashad Penny like gets a huge free agent deal from the Seahawks based on like a three game run. That's gonna be hilarious. Totally, I see it happening for sure. I wonder what's gonna happen now with Russell Wilson. I would totally written him off, but he sounds like he wants to really come back. So yeah, that'll be an interesting team to follow in the offseason for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Where are we at with Rashad Bateman? 48 snaps uh, last week. It was the highest of his la the previous three games. 
It did kind of coincide with the Sammy Watkins injury, though. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, people are are very tilted about Rashad Bateman because it's like, all right, we just got to a point where it's like you could probably go ahead and drop Rashad Bateman, who I think is so good. I mean, good God, watching him against uh, the Browns last week, like against non, you know, dust corners, he's such a good player and he's just exactly what they need. Obviously, Lamar uh, is now injured. We don't know what that situation is going to look like. But, you know, the Ravens could be in situations like they found themselves in last week where they're just having to pass the hell out of the ball because they're getting wrecked, um, even if it's Tyler Huntley back there or Lamar Jackson. But Bateman's usage seems weirdly tied to Sammy Watkins. Don't think that should be the case, but it does kind of seem like it's the case. It does seem like it only he only got on the field because of Watkins going down last week. But maybe he was so productive, they'll stop that. Or maybe Watkins will remain injured, too. Um, but looking, you know, I, this would be one of my games I'd look the most forward to of the weekend. And I'd love to use Adams and maybe Rogers and DFS against just such a pass funnel Ravens D. It's just so, I, I like that setup. However, uh, five and a half point underdogs, that line has moved to the over-under is really low. To me, that suggests we might be looking at Huntley. And, and I'd obviously all bets are off as far as the receivers. I hope I'm wrong. Because like I said, if it's Jackson and, and Rogers, who's banged up himself, that would be one of my uh, favorite games to watch this weekend. But that line suggests to me that Lamar is in peril. Yeah, you would have to imagine so. I mean, it's not a high ankle sprain, I guess, but even so, it's like a guy who plays in Lamar's style with an ankle sprain. That seems a little problematic, especially behind that offensive line, which is not good, you know, not good. <laughs> That's just very, very banged up. So, uh, yeah, I I'd kind of I'm, I'm a little skeptical that he plays as well. One thing I noticed in that game, I was throwing at you, uh, I noticed that uh, it's the number one ranked special teams in DVOA versus the last ranked special teams in DVOA. So maybe the Ravens are going to have to steal some points there that uh, way. If possible. Well, it, quite possible, dude. The Packers special teams, what is going yeah. on with the Packers special teams? Like, I, that performance against the Bears, unbelievable. And that's the way it's been all season. Like, do they practice? Do they practice special teams? Or like, Amari Rogers back there. I mean, I don't even know what's going on. Like, it's it's a tough scene in the Packers special teams. Like, if they could get in the playoffs and blow a game based purely on that. I'd be freaking out if I was a Packers fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about Crosby, who's been a total, total, total Ooh. disaster the last two months. I mean, leads the NFL in missed kicks, too. That, yeah, no, they're, yeah, that, they need to tighten up the special teams and they make a deep run for sure. Well, your Niners will uh, end up beating them in the playoffs again simply because they'll do something on special teams. Yeah, Robbie Gold's pretty shaky, too. One week, this week, he's been getting criticized and he came out and said, I'm playing the best football of my life, is what he said. <laughs> and then he goes out there, 47 yard field goal, the tie game at the end, shanks it. Anyway. Yeah. What now? Yeah, that was, that was bad, bad timing. Yeah. Speaking of Niners, look, we couldn't get through a stat nerd section without um, talking about Niners today. Uh, Debo Samuel is a distant, distant third on this team in weighted opportunity per game behind Ayuk and Kittle since week 11. Shout out to Brandon Ayuk for winning that game last week. We love to see it. Uh, Debo, seven or 16.7 average depth of target. He has seven targets. In this span, seven. And by the, yeah, like I said, this is per game weighted opportunity, which of course does only accumulate the receiving work because it's target share and air yards. In this same span, he has 22 rush attempts and four rushing touchdowns. But Dalton, I love Debo, right? Like Debo is a, is a baller, but God, I mean, that receiving workload is, is, is tough. That you would love that to be more if you're starting Debo Samuel with the expectations that you've had for him all year. 
he might get more carries with Elijah Mitchell still banged up. But Debo himself admitted he's, he's not 100% recovered from that groin injury. Um, but the targets are the issue here. He's just simply not been this in the same role since George Kittle returned from his bye. Jacob Gibbs tweet since week before week nine, Debo ranked second in the NFL in targets per route run. After week nine, since uh, Kittle returned, he ranks 44th out of 57 qualified receivers. It's the, tar- the volume has not been there. The role has changed. So, um, yeah, I mean, ECR has been slow here. Fantasy Pro still has him ranked. Our community is the sixth wide receiver this week. I, I, I wrote him up in the Yahoo DFS. I think he was a second uh, receiver. So I said, you got to fade that salary. Um, yeah, he's more like a you know, top 15-ish, top 20-ish uh, receiver right now, uh, given his targets. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has emerged and Kittle is a beast. And in this matchup uh, with the Falcons, um, you know, they're nine and a half point favorites at home. I wouldn't expect suddenly Debo to get suddenly go return to getting double digit targets. Right. Like that's the issue too, is that, I mean, they are playing the damn Falcons. So it's like, you're not benching Debo, but oh um, no, no, no. yeah, of course, like that's not what we're saying. We're not out here telling you to bench Debo Samuel, but like you said, the targets are the issue because it's not even just like they have moved him to running back. He's taken 10, 11, and 9 snaps at running back um, in the backfield uh, over the last his last three games. Uh, he is still primarily 33 snaps out wide, 24 snaps out wide, 34 snaps out wide over the last uh, three games. Like, he's a wide receiver. He, they do some creative stuff with him. And luckily, like, they do a lot of this stuff around the goal line, too. That's why he has four t- friggin' touchdowns. So it's like, we can spend all this time bloviating about this and then, like, oh, he still makes it for your fantasy team because he scores another rushing touchdown. But, like, Debo Samuel, one of the heroes of the season, but with this type of receiving usage, if he is the one that bangs you in, in the fantasy playoffs at any point, maybe not this week because the Falcons stink, but, like, at any point, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he has... He has one catch in some of these games, bro. Like, and he get, what if he gets like seven carries for, you know, 50 yards and one catch for 15 yards? You're going to hate it. That's the thing with fantasy football. Debo absolutely carried teams. And in the fantasy playoffs, we're talking about maybe wanting uh, Rashad Penny in your life. You're going to score more points. I mean, it's just the way it, it, it is. But um, Debo, still, you're still starting him. And he got you this far. I mean, he way outperformed expectations. But it's clear his role is different now. And Kittle could get her. I love Kittle. He missed practice today with knee soreness. Um, it might have been because he had a short turnaround. But, um, Don't speak just, it into Just existence. saying those guys are injury prone. A <laughs> couple things. Love AR guy, our guy Ayuk with the walk-off in OT. You, you love to see it. And then Kittle, wow. He's getting targeted like crazy on first downs, which is like worth 20 to 25% more typically. It's just you love to see. And even in the the red zone, which he hadn't been before, um, he's the number one PPR score each of the last two weeks. He tied Adams last week, but each last week's from the tight end position that's been dreadful otherwise. I mean, it's been pretty remarkable. Uh, Speaking of guys who have been carrying fantasy teams, George Kittle. Yeah, freaky stuff. I mean, obviously you you had to wait on it. Uh, because he was out for such a long stretch. But, you know, it's funny, Dalton. Uh, I got the date. I'm writing a piece. <laughs> I should have finished it before this podcast. I'll have to finish it after this podcast. On, like, the players who were, you know, who the highest percentage of rosters uh, that clinched the playoffs had, like, these guys or, or whatever. Or, like, the player, the, they, whatever. You know, you Debo's way up there. Yeah, Debo. Well, sure. Debo, Debo uh, the, the receivers on the list that are over 75% in terms of, like, rosters, like the percentage of teams that drafted them that clinched the playoffs. Cooper Cup is number one at 85.9%. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor are the only ones over 80%. Could you imagine if you drafted both of them? I wish I had drafted both. They would have been, like, living on easy street all year. That would have been so great. And very possible, very, very possible that you did that. 
Um, the only receivers, though, Debo, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, depending on what you want to categorize Cordero Patterson as, uh, and then Deontay Johnson. And one of the lessons that, like, I've learned from Debo and Deontay is, like, I mean, both these guys are good at the game. I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson, obviously, but it's, like, injury chaos really really helps like i it can really help wide receivers too we think about it for running backs like oh yeah some goofball running back gets hurt and then like you know his backup comes and wins you leagues like james connor is one of these guys that's over 70 percent leonard fournette like not an injury but like they just he just takes over the backfield but for a wide receiver too you know debo dominates like weighted opportunity all season long because Ayuk is just mysteriously in the doghouse and george kittle's on ir and he becomes a league winner. And same with Deontay Johnson. Juju, I mean, he's always Deontay's always a target dominator, but Juju Smith Schuster on IR, Chase Claypool off goofing around doing whatever he's doing. Uh, I'm just kidding, but like, you know, these guys d- benefited from chaos whereas we're normally we think about that with running backs. 8 weeks in the season Debo was second in target share or maybe even first. Last week Kittle and Ayuk saw 26 targets and Debo saw one. I mean, it's a crazy tra- turnaround. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild to have. But he did help you with the with the TD run still. So even oh, then, he yeah. didn't kill you. He got you the ten fantasy points. So it is. That's wild, what I'm saying. Though, you're you're banking on that. You're banking on that touchdown run. If this if this receiving usage um, keeps up, which it might not, right? Like, wouldn't be surprised if Ayuk has two targets. And I mean, I'm praying it, he doesn't because he's on all my playoff teams. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he has two targets and Debo has eight. That's very possible but um the way they've used them of late it's the margin for error for fantasy has really really slimmed yeah no question what about jimmy g tied for second in the nfl and ypa i mean tied for second in the nfl and ypa it's it's interesting i said this i said it on twitter this week i feel like since week eight this offense has finally become like the unit that I thought it was I feel mildly, mildly vindicated <laughs> about the, how much we talked about this offense and like figuring it out over the offseason. And the last thing I'll say on the Niners, like uh, the third lowest playoff clinching percentage. Would you like to guess who it belongs to? Who's that? Trey Sermon. Oh, oh, wow. That's yeah, that I should have got that. Sorry. I, you see where you're going with that. Totally. Yeah, he was going in the sixth round of every draft. Yeah. Wow. What a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, what a disaster. I, I mean, if we had gotten, I said this in the piece and I said it before, if we had gotten one, one. like <laughs> one, one report that just said Elijah Mitchell is pushing, I'm just saying pushing Trey Sermon for uh, his starting job. There are like tr- hardcore Trey Sermon truthers that were just, you know, would never have moved off that take. But like, I, I'm sure, if, you know, you and me, like, one report, all it would have taken to be like, never mind, like, don't, no, no, I don't know about that. Like, let's, uh, if there's a chance that we might, uh, that he's going to not start, we're not taking him in the sixth or seventh round. Everyone hurt their Mostert, Sermon, and Mitchell. Man, they could use any of those bodies because Jeff Wilson's playing through, coming off meniscus surgery and he's just a clear downgrade. And uh, Elijah, not just the concussion symptoms, he had an MRI and some knee irritation. It's one thing after another with him, too, there. So, you know, all those running back injuries help these receivers we've been talking about, though, too. And, and Debo obviously more carries. But, um, interesting team. The Niners, Trent Williams is getting graded like the best left tackle historically of all time this year. And we were talking backstage, uh, Bosa is just getting the most double teams in the league by far, too. So, so um, they're an interesting team, That's uh, but a lot of sloppy plays, special teams, and, and, and turnovers and, and penalties have hurt them. 
Yeah, they're they're a tough team to read going to the playoffs, but I kind of hope they make it. Um, to be clear, I went heavy, bet on them heavily uh, this last week at uh, at, th- at thirty to one because I can't help myself. But I'll just say it right now, I I made a sizable bet on the Niners at thirty to one because I just can't help myself. Uh, 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 yeah, the rest of this, the league is wide open. There's no good teams in the <laughs> AFC. Brady and the Bucks. All right, they're 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 clearly they're clearly better. They're they're awesome, but it could take another team to knock them out. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in our Niners in a wide open tournament. Uh, but yeah, assuming they even get there, their their last uh, playoff percentage I saw was 81, percent but they have a couple couple tough matchups traveling to they Tennessee do. and Thursday night after this uh, Falcons one. Oh, I can't wait to. They're gonna they're so gonna lose to the Titans. They're yeah, I so, just want to go yeah. on record when the Niners don't even make the playoffs, uh, so you can yeah. laugh at me with my my my, my bet. Homer, all the people- Homer. Homer. For all the people that think I have a sickness about the 49ers, <laughs> yeah, exactly. just remember, remember Dalton. Remember Dalton. Wanted to one-up remember, you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah no kidding. Um, all right, let's talk Chiefs at Chargers uh, Thursday night football. We can talk some single-game daily fantasy. But also, man, I mean, this is this is a, a injury and COVID-affected game. Uh, this from Brandon Staley this afternoon. Rashawn Slater, their star rookie tackle, is officially out against the Chiefs. Uh, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, and Asante Samuel Jr. are all going to work out before the game to determine if they can play. I mean, Slater's on COVID. These other guys are hurt. I mean, Dalton, first of all, the Austin Eckler thing, our, our coworker, our colleague, our compatriot, Austin Eckler, um, he, he's had like injury flare-ups all year and then just go ahead and plays and it's like it doesn't matter. The worst part about the Eckler thing is that we don't really know who the backup is. You know, it's it's like probably a 50-50 split between Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. I think I'd prefer Justin Jackson, but I also think I prefer not to care. Yeah, the, the Chiefs defense is playing so well lately, too, although Chris Jones is now uh, probably going to miss this game on the COVID yep, list. The There's COVID so many list. question marks uh, with players' availability in this game. It's hard to even assess it. But uh, Keenan Allen uh, should be back. And, um, yeah, it's the highest, is it the highest over-under of the week. So, theoretically, could be a fun game if hopefully uh, these guys get healthy. But, yeah, I'm with you in the Eckler situation. It's tough because... He's he's one of those guys at risk uh, of aggravating it and leaving mid game, but um you know he's obviously been so so productive when on the field. Um and then the though I believe in the last seven games Mahomes has surpassed seven point oh YPA twice, and they've both come against the Raiders, who Gus Bradley <laughs> refuses to do that cover too. So I'm still curious to see if this offense performs outside of facing the Raiders. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um and like I said, their defense has been has just been so so good over the last uh, six weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Ingram coming off the edge with no Rashawn Slater and like Melvin Ingram making, I mean, the fact they want Chris Jones is huge for the Chiefs, I think. Uh, but still, Frank Clark has played well. Frank Clark has started to play uh, much better now that they've got Melvin Ingram there. But again, no Chris Jones makes that all a question mark. Like, I think there's a scenario where the Chargers just go in and smoke the Chiefs. But I feel like that's less likely if Eckler's banged up, Slater's, you know, not going to play. Um, even with the Chiefs having it, it, no Chris Jones, like I, I don't know, man. I agree with you. I'm I'm very much in like prove it mode with uh, with the Chiefs offense, like in terms of a great defense. You know, Travis Kelsey uh, disappointed folks last week, not scoring much in a in a big game uh, or in a big like scoring effort by the Chiefs. Don't really care. I think that's fine. Where are you at with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though? This is, you know, you you think we run on the Chargers, et cetera, et cetera, but like they're still kind of split in work between him and Daryl Williams. Yeah, it's a run funnel Chargers defense. Who's played better uh, recently against the run? Um, yeah, Daryl Williams really gets the more high-value touches, too, at the targets and sometimes yeah. at the goal line. Although Clyde Edwards got a goal line one. Uh, obviously, Gore 
was just all garbage time last week. But um, you could do either Williams or or Hilaire. I still rank Hilaire uh, higher. But um, I could see you. You know, you could pivot and go four dollars. His salary is four dollars less in the in the Yahoo DFS games because Williams is definitely gonna gonna be involved in that backfield moving forward. I can't get over the fact that the biggest thing, you know, positive note in Clyde Edwards-Alaire's draft profile was, oh, his receiving usage. Andy Reid wants to draft him because he's going to be great as a receiver, and damn, Daryl Williams is the passing down back now. Yeah, Graham Barfield said, like, of all the he scouted, he said it's other than McCaffrey, he was the best receiving back he had he had seen, and, and of all the film he'd looked at, um, I believe it was Graham, and um, they just haven't used him like it. It's weird. I mean, it's weird. It's not like it's it's not like he's failed in that role. It's just they didn't trust him in pass protection, so he wasn't out there. And Mahomes doesn't really dump it off as much as, as the other quarterbacks. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Can you imagine uh, DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor uh, if they had drafted him instead? Drafted either, which of those again guys brings instead? us back to. Why do you take a guy who's supposed to be this pass catcher when your quarterback's not going to? I don't know. It's a whole other thing. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, I think this game's pretty easy from a fantasy angle. You want to mostly play everybody. Guys like Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton. You know, Palmer, I don't think, is in contention now with Keenan Allen back because he kind of shifted into that Keenan Allen role, which I do think is good news for Josh Palmer's like dynasty outlook. If Mike Williams moves on in the offseason, you know, that was good to see. Jalen Guyton, you know, maybe still worth a dart throw uh, against, you know, this team could give up a big play, et cetera. Like we've seen that happen. But yeah, it's mostly get all your guys in the pool. And I, I really do like Mike Williams in this game. I think if you have Mike Williams, you want to try to chase the upside in this spot. Yeah, especially probably because he kind of was a, a not, not a bust, did an okay game, but he disappointed last week as the only receiver not scoring when everyone pivoted him, you know, without uh, Keenan Allen. But um, you, you hit all the good points. I just want to say one thing is that was the prettiest pass I've seen in a while last oh, week, yeah. that Herbert to Guyton. I mean, how sick. I mean, just ugh, just a flick of the wrist and so far downfield. Just just amazing. It broke the um, next-gen uh, model, too. If yeah, you, it's like you look off at the, the, yeah, it's it's off the, off thing, the yeah. chart. Yeah, pretty literally cool. at yeah, the throw her. was off the charts off the that charts, is how yeah. good it was yeah. yeah he was he's unbelievable i i hope they they've been really good the last two weeks i think in terms of their play calling like just handing things over to him um just give him more and more justin herbert i think is so good the, this is i'm excited that we get to see these two quarterbacks like for the long term uh go against each other i know mahomes isn't playing quite like mahomes this year but We'll figure that out uh, in due time, I think. Uh, but this should be a fun game. Should be a fun fantasy game. And, of course, like I said, if I, the biggest thing is the Eckler situation. If if he's not playing, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting either of these two guys against a Chiefs team that's playing much better. That's fair. I agree with that. Chiefs would be my pick to come away uh, out of the AFC as of now. But I'm very interested to see how their offense performs moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Dalton, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, sit start column comes out Friday and uh, a podcast with Liz Loza. So yeah, fire any questions you have for me on Twitter. Uh, I know it's a fantasy playoff. So um, I'm there for you. Yeah. Dalton is there for you. I am there for you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and at Dalton Del Don. If you want fantasy analysis and news updates from the entire team, give a follow to at Yahoo fantasy. Like Dalton mentioned, he'll be back tomorrow with a preview of Sunday's NFL games with Liz Loza. But until then, we are